ಜ್ಯೇಷ್ಠರಾಜಂಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣಾಂಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣಸ್ಪತಾನ್ವನ್ನುಪಿಸ್ಸಿದಸಾಧನ
पद्मे स्थिता पद्मिहोपेश्रिम आदिवर्णे तपसोधि जातो वनस्पतिस्तव वृक्षोथ बिल्व ज्येष्टाशयाम्यहम <coughs> अभूतिम समृद्धिचर्वाणुदेन्द्रुहाषिणीश्वरीपूताश्रिय मनस कामूति वाच सत्यमशीमह ृपमनस्यमश्रीश्रयताजहृजंतुस्निग्धाचिक्लीतवसृहे निज देवी मतर श्रिय वासय मे कुले आद्रा पुष्करीणी पुष्टि पिंगला पद्मिनी चंद्र हिण्मयी लक्ष्मी जात वेदोम आवह आद्रा यिणी यष्टिं सुवर्ण हेम मलिनी सूर्यामपगाम्यम प्रभुतंगावो दाश्वान्ंदेयंबुषानहम सर्वंगलमे शिवे सर्वास्थसाधिके शरण्ये त्र्यंबके देवी नारायणी नमोस्तुते नारायणी नमोस्तुते नारायणी नमोस्तुते सरस जनिलये सरोज हस्ते धवलतराशुकगंधमाल्य शोभे भगवती हरिवल्लभे मनोज्ञे त्रिभुवन भूति करि प्रसीद मुख्यम विष्णुपत्नी क्षमा देवी माधवी माधव प्रिया विष्णो ओ प्रिय सखी देवी नमाच्युत वल्लभा महालक्ष्मी चमहे विष्णुपत्नी चीमहे तन्नो लक्ष्मी प्रचोदयात ओं शांशाशाति हरि ओम। वी वेलकम एवरीबॉडी फॉर टुडेज 
session on the Mundaka Upanishad. Now we have been doing this for a few weeks right now and we are extremely thankful to Aurobindji for having taken the interest in defining the verses for us and making clear the intentions of the Upanishads. Now when, when it comes to the intention of the Upanishads, its whole and sole purpose is to reveal the real nature of our existence. Because Maya, by its very power, using avidya, uses its power to veil the true nature of our existence. Now, the true nature of our existence is veiled through ideas, ideas that cloud the intelligence, ideas that after clouding the intelligence project something that is not. And because we are stuck with these ideas that keeps us in the loops of ignorance, the Shruti comes into comes to our rescue. The Shruti is basically that which is heard. And the Upanishads are that by which we learn the truth by sitting near the great ones. And our history has given great saints and sages who have revealed the essence of the Upanishads, not by preaching, but by realization. And the weight of the Upanishads and the essence of the Upanishads can only be conveyed when there is a practitioner who is established in Shraddha. Shraddha basically means the belief through rationalization, not through blind belief, but the belief through rationalization that the essence is indeed the Atman. The Mundaka Upanishad is one such Upanishad. It's the Mukhya Upanishad embedded inside the Atharva Veda. And it speaks of not just the ultimate truth, but the traps which we are caught up in the ultimate truth, uh, the traps that catch us uh, to not, so as to not reveal the ultimate truth and also the ways and means through which we can attain that ultimate reality. So it's a concise and an elaborate both at the same time because it is trying to give the essence in such a short text and the the the, sim, the symbology or, or the symbolic essence of the Atman is pronounced in the Mundakam as Om. So meditating on the idea of Om, we now try to decipher its essence and try to understand more of it. And I request that we pay attention to what is spoken and also keep our doubts in hand so that we can clarify it with Aurobindji after this session. And also that your ideas and your explanations can be shared in another room which we will share with you. Till then, because replays are on, for which many members later on come and try to study what was discussed today, we will keep all the question and answers related to the Advaita theme of thought and specifically to the Mundaka Upanishad. Now I request Aurobindji to begin the session. Thank you. Thank you, Prasad, for the chanting and the introduction. This is the seventh day of Muntaka Upanishad 
series as usual let me start with a prayer om namo brahmadityo brahma vidya sampradaya kartrubhyo vamsha rishibhyo mahadyo namo gurubhyah shankaram shankarajayin keshavam badarayanam sutrabashikrutau vande bhagavantau punah punah ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मेति मूर्तिभेद विभागिने व्योमवत्याप्तदेहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः ओम भद्रं कर्णे विष्णुयाम देवाः भद्रं पश्येमाक्षभिर्यजत्राः स्थिरैरंगै सृष्टुवागुंसस्तनूभिः व्यशेमदेवहितं यदायुः स्वस्तिन इन्द्रो वृद्धश्रवाः स्वस्तिन पूषा विश्ववेदाः स्वस्तिनस्ताक्ष्यो अरिष्टनेमि स्वस्तिनो बृहस्पतिर्दू ओं शाति 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 हरिओं फ्रॉम द लास्ट सिक्स क्लासेस द होल उपनिषद स्टार्ट्स फ्रॉम शौनक द महाशाला द great yaga follower asking angiras the teacher or the teacher who is in the tradition of brahma onwards to angiras kasminno bhagavo vidnyade sarvamidam vidnyadam bhavati o master in which knowledge will we know everything the reality of everything and the master says that dvevidye veditavye you have to learn both for your understanding not studying what is the truth alone is and what is untrue is also equally important because to such is the effect of ignorance or maya that we can be deluded that even the even a slightest error in judgment can land us in under thinking that the apara or what sorry what is told in the in the upanishad or even the other books which are like purana etc we may end up thinking that this is what is the reality is all about so both the knowledge is equally important what is para and what is apara so we have been seeing that in the previous muntaka the pradham muntaka and in the first pada of the second muntaka the detailed description of apara vidya and in interlinked with in between he was the teacher was talking about the reality of what is the truth which is embedded in the in the in the unreal so the real reality should be seen through the unreal because our sense organs and our intellect and mind and body etc can only sense the the unreal in the unreal in the sense it is they are not exhibiting reality they are exhibiting the unreality or the transition nature of that impermanent nature of things none of them are nityam so if you want to know the truth which is satyam jnanam anandam brahma 
or nityam brahma that nityatvam can be cannot be directly perceived in the world of objects which we have been perceiving through our sense organs and the mind and body and intellect so we need to know that what are the ways in which we need to identify the truth among the apparent impermanent things which are being the only available for our sense organs so how to do this to to segregate the truth while experiencing the impermanent things is what is the process in which we have to understand how it is to be done so towards conclusion of the last part the teacher says that purusha eva idam vishyam this purusha or this brahman which is the supreme eva idam vishyam he is this entire vishyam or the entire world of experiences vishyam means the cosmos or the world of experiences he is indeed the appearing as or is the world of experience as karma tapa brahma paramrutam it is there as karma as the actions it is as there in that form of you know austerity and we should also understand that the creator in the form of supreme who has come in the form of creator also because we are seeing creation everywhere so the the ultimate has even taken the form of the creator to make in the karma tapas etc one who sees the real the absolute that purusha in the heart of his own nature in himself in nihitam guhaya in the innermost in the bosom of his own being for him sa avidya granti for him the avidya granti or the knot of ignorance or the binding the bondage of ignorance which is keeping us thinking that the reality is what we are seeing vikrati iha that gets destroyed that knot or the clutch of the ignorance on our you know intellect and the mind and you know what we think the world as reality is broken by that oh dear oh dear student or or dear son saumya means one dear one so he is told that this is what is to be known purusha eva idam vishyam now this purusha eva idam is very commonly you will find in almost all upanishad purusha eva idam sarvam vishyam is in this one then the same thing you can see in the taittiriya upanishad in the purusha sukta all places you will see that purusha eva idam this is that purusha but we do not see the purusha in this one what we see the purusha is in the name and form of the multiplicity of the world we are not able to see the the truth in this multiplicity which is coming to us in the name and form of different natures to explain that he now goes the first two mantras are talking about the ultimate and the third and fourth are for the the sadhaka or the meditator who are of the highest quality of intellect only for him he is giving 
the process of meditation or pranava upasana based on the pranava or the based on om how this can be achieved so the first mantra of the second pada of the second mundaka goes like this avihi sannihidam guhacharam nama mahatpatam atra tat etat samirpitam ejat pranan nimishandha cha yat etat janataha tadadhat yat varishtam prajanam avihi sannihidam guhacharam avihi means the one which is shining or effulgent sannihidam is it is confirmed its existence is by positive sannihidam nihidam means existence sannihidam means evidently its existence is shown as the effulgent or the nature of shining guhacharam nama in the in the he is also called the one who goes moves inside the in the body guha here means is a heart or the in the body of the in the every every object has got a name and a form so he is the one who is moving inside the form of everyone not only for us the one who is hearing it the one who is speaking but every object which is seen in the world outside should be taken as the guha or the vastu or the body embodied one in which that is the one which is filling the object for with existence nama means he is also well known mahat padam atra etat this this great goal which is mahat padam supreme goal, supreme supreme status atra etat samarpitam is based in the based on this brahman so samarpitam etat so here that brahman is not used as the word brahman itself because it is formed in the word you is used is tat etat means in all these things like what ejata pranan nimishancha ejataha means moving around pranan means breathing or showing life in the in the body nimishan means which is coming and going or blinking expression of 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 the eye closing and opening is what is called nimisha the typical way but here it is appearing and disappearing so it is it has got movement but it is showing life and it is like coming and going means it is appearing and disappearing which means birth and death both are happening so all those things this is the way in which it is exhibiting itself etat janataha you should you may know this this truth which is the it is the one only which is appearing as many sadasat varenyam sadasat sat and asat this is these two words are used in many different meanings with and without is one effect the cause and effect is one way and one is the way which with names and forms and in the primordial stage when it is asat without the name and form that also can be used as it but varenyam means it is the one which is been sought after so this 
truth which i have been talking to you which is which is as which is seen as moving in the moving objects in the as prana or as life force in all the objects or the objects which appear and disappear which is coming and the birth and decay is guhacharam he is the one which is the the one with which that any object is exist tearing or it is the one which is keeping the body as one whole in it there sadasat varenya therefore he is varenya means he is the most sought after and he has got different forms that it has got you can say that it is satrupam and asatrupam both are hit and sadasat varenya it is out it is both sought after in the form of name and form but it is also sought after without the name and form or with a cause and effect param the supreme vijnana varishtam through enquiry vijnana here is through knowledge but through knowledge means through enquiry or vichara or by proper understanding and knowing about it prajana the the people is seeking for it now he is here is a great truth which the teacher is telling about is that all the people in their activity unknowingly is seeking this truth only that is the innate nature of him every every existence the appearance which we are seeing we think that they are appearing as individual objects and doing things which they like and then if you really analyze all the activities like ajat prana nimishan like the moving around or the showing life and the birth and death decay what is the purpose of all those movements or the all those things which have been mentioned it is to seek this this life which we have got now has got a speciality we have got that instrument the buddhi manas or the inner inner instrument through which we can know about it or vijanan in in the objects which are other than human beings they move around they show life but even they are seeking for it but they are not knowing it they don't, they can have no capacity to know that so we have got here a capacity to know that therefore in the in the in the body itself or in the guha charam nihitam guhaya in our own inner bosom we should find out that we don't have to go anywhere outside because that is just as you are made of it i am made of it everything else is made of that so it is there in everything you don't have to search it anywhere outside which has been what you have been doing in all your previous aspects of karmakanda you have been searching for the surga loka brahma loka all those things thinking that is the place where you will find the ultimate the ultimate is there in every atom and every iota of life whatever may be the home whether it's moving or removing our birth and death and everything then he goes to the next mantra yad archi archimat yat anubhyo anuh ya yasmin loka nihita lokinah cha 
तदेदक्षरम ब्रह्म स प्राण तद्वांगमन तदेद सत्यम तदमृतम तदेदियम सौम्य विधि नाउ हियर इज गोइंग टेलिंग वॉट इज टू बी नोन ओ सौम्य तम तुम विधि यू शुड नो दिस वॉट इज टू बी नोन यदर्थिमत अनुभ्य अनु Archimat means extremely shining. Means it is showing the existence. Even darkness is shining because it has got existence. Existence or anything in the in the in when we it we call it as unknown. The entire set of unknown is also exhibiting existence of unknown. That known knowability, not knowability, is exhibited as unknown. so everywhere you look at it archimat it is exhibiting the or effulgency or existence is being what is being exhibited by that at the same time that existence what is that if you look at it sat anubhyo anuho that is subtler than the subtlest because existence as an object we cannot see it but at the same time everything what we know shows existence in its nature archimat so and what happens is that even in the subtlest of the space which cannot be physically comprehended the subtlest aspect of that even an atom or a quark or even a in any matter which we can think about it needs space to exist so anubhya anu is the space but even space is shining to us as existence which is the shining or the exist which is the revealing to us as existence ta yasmin lokaha in which words nihita lokinascha are based the people who are searching for all those people here the people doesn't mean lokinascha means you should not wish not take physically human beings the entire objects of experiences is in that lok in that world of brahman the brahman itself is the world in which the objects are existing and it is showing the existence edadakshram tadedadakshram that indeed is that aksharam means it has never got decayed ever in spite of the appearances happening and disappearances happening the space has never got decayed but even this is subtler than the space the in such even space can come and go because in our deep sleep we don't even know about space so even space is vanished but our existence that i exist and we exist in our experience in the deep sleep where the space itself is not being experienced there also it is the one which is shining therefore it is aksharam it is the one without any decay and he is called brahma brahman sa pranah stadu that indeed is the prana that indeed is the chaitana or the chaitanyam which is shown as a living 
in the in every object either it may show movement by way of animals and human beings and trees etc in other places the movement may not be there but prana is seen as existence itself tamrata amritam and that is amritam because even that name and form may go but the existence of that name and form after that doesn't go it becomes some other existence in the form of you know the existence continues from the different forms so what in the tarkika language that is say abava adhikarana swarupam suppose if you say that that on the table that there is an absence on the table that the book is not on the table what does it mean that book is not there but the table is there like abavam adhikarana swabhavam same way when the name and form vanishes from the the substratum of the space in which it is it was existing because of which it was existing because it needed space to exist that space is still there so one way or the other the existence can never be said to be not there so even in the absence of the space we have the existence of our own existence therefore it is amritam that amritam means immortal it has never been born it has never died that has been consistent in its own existence therefore tad tad veda abhyayam there should be known veda it should be known as abhyayam without any changes vyayam means change abhyayam means without changes o soumya tad vidhi you should know that now when the master talks about all those things about these type of riddled statements in the mantra mahasala saunaka who is so much in, in interested in the you know chanting the mantras for doing the ahutis and the yajna and the kriyas different type of thing you know activities in the yagashala what he has been doing for him to know this type of esoterical archival expressions from the master becomes very very difficult which is normally case not only for him for all of us because these words do not make sense to us because our for us what happens is that a name or a sound when it is heard immediately we are associating it with the with the object or with the with the known example of that but when the sound comes itself we are getting the knowledge immediately we put the knowledge and in the application of the knowledge we say when a, when somebody says a car the knowledge of car arises first in our mind and then we immediately have the image of the car in our mind the car or image in one person may be different from another person that is immaterial because that is from what he has we has understood as in suppose if it is an elephant the elephant which you saw may be the picture which you will immediately think about it but what elephant i will think about is the elephant which i have seen but both of us will have the knowledge of elephant immediately the word when we hear the word elephant but in this case of tat amritam 
tadavyayam all these type of words are very difficult to give us a knowledge what does how does these words become fruitful for us how does it become knowledge when i hear such a word from the upanishad is very very difficult to overcome this aspect of the student like all of us the teacher goes into practical example how to do it how can the words become knowledge if of a new word which you have never heard about it is what the teacher says in the third mantra danuh krihitva aupanishatam mahashram charam hi upasa nishitam sadan sandita ayamya yatad bhagavete bhavagatena bhavagatena chetasa lakshyam tad eva aksharam saumya vidhi so i'll tell one word by one word danuhu means the bow grihita aupanishadam having held the instruction from the words of the upanishad grihitva means having accepted the upanishad means having accepted the words or the instruction from the upanishad with is maha astram mahastram means it's a great weapon the upanishad is a great weapon like the sharam like the arrow he upasa indeed one should meditate on the words of the upanishad when it is said avyayam amritam all those words they are all words like the arrow and it can remove the ignorance because it is mahastram but it cannot make a mahastram it remove your ignorance just by hearing that but you need to upasa nishitam with with sharpened intellect with the analytical my aspect of the mind in or the intellect on the words and how does it relate to my experience this this experience how does it make because when the word of elephant was told that the meaning came to us knowledge came to us and immediately we could imagine the elephant which i have seen to a person who has not seen any in an elephant that word will not make any any impact on he cannot even imagine what an elephant is but there will be still a knowledge of something is being told about what is that not knowledge is not known the knowledge of something is being told is known but what is that we do not know exactly is the same when amritam avyayam all those words are used by the upanishad we know amritam as what doesn't have that avyayam means we know what is changing but that which is without changing and without death what it is like because i have never seen anything in my life which is not changing or which which has not had a death or a decay or aksharam all those things which have been so so for me to think what is the meaning of that words 
is very difficult. Therefore, the master says, Nishitam hi upasa. By sharpening your intellect, you have to meditate upon the words. Sandita, then fix your concentration. Tad bhava gatena. With the concentration on the Tat, Brahman, what we, I don't know Brahman, what is Brahman, but I am giving a concentration to the word of Brahman, Ayamya, having drawn from the words of the Upanishad, I am withdrawing, I am drawing the meanings of each of the words and then putting it on together to the Brahman, Tat, Brahman. Chetasa, with the intellect, Lakshyam, now I am, my, my target is Brahman. I am using the, because these are all Lakshyartha Vajagas. Lakshya means they, they are not standing for their own. They are only indicative words, Aksharam, Amritam, Avyayam, all those words are indicative words for Brahman. Brahman is a Vastu. Like any other object, it is a object for a, of experience. It is an object of experience because it is experienceable in a different way. Not like an object which we have in our daily transaction. At the same time, since it is a reality because it has got an existence, Anything which has got an existence can be realized or experienced. Therefore, Tadeva Aksharam, that is the one which is without decay. To that Aksharam, you have to target your in sharp intellect using the words of the Upanishads. Different words are being used in the Upanishads. Use them as arrow, Sharam. And then use that to target yourself by through the word, what is that the word is indicating is what is to be what your target or your, your concentration should be on that. Now, the problem is that there are many words which the Upanishads has been talking about. And all of them are indicative words, whether Abhyayam, Amritam, all those words are like that. So how can a student have multiple words and then concentrate on Brahman, the experience of Brahman, to indicate that using the word, how can he arrive at the experience of Brahman? This becomes a daunting task for the student. So the master says that, okay, don't worry. Let us go to the next level. Pranavo dhanu sharo hyatma brahmatat lakshya muchade apramattena bedadavyam saravat tayo tat mayo bhavet. Pranavaha, with the sound of Om, is the dhanu. Imagine that that is the bow. The stiff and rigid bow is 
Danu, Sharaha Hi Atma, the arrow is yourself. Brahma Tal Lacha Muchade, Brahma is a target. Aparamatena Vedavyam, without a Pramata, Pramatta, Pramadam, you should know Vedavyam. And when the target is being understood, Saravat Tanmayo Bhavet, when the arrow disappears at the target, there will not be separate between the target and the arrow. This is what the teacher says, the methodology of Omkara Upasana. A detailed explanation is given in the Mandukya Upanishad where it starts with Laye Sambodaye Chittam Vikshiptam Shamaye Tunaha Sakakshayam Vijaniyat Samapradam Nachalayet. Now, this is in the Advaita Pragaranam, 44 and 45 mantras are there, where the Karikakara in the Advaita Pragaranam, he talks about this meditation of Omkara meditation and how. One should keep meditating that this, when we come to the Mantukya Upanishad, we can see that the practice of Omkara Upasana much more. Now here, what does it say that? Pranavah Danu. The sound of Om, as, as we know, in the Mantukya Upanishad, it has been told that Akara, Ukara, Makara. So the bow has the three aspects of it. Jagrat, Sopna, Sushupti. Om Aksharam Brahma. Therefore, Om is Brahma itself. Now, Brahma, the pran, the Dhanu is a, the bow is Brahma. Dhanu, Brahma, so the Om is Brahma, so Dhanu is Brahma, the bow is Brahma. Sharam is Atma, that is not different from Atma, Atma, Brahma, Eka. I, I am Atma, Brahma is the Upanishad saying. So, what am I going to do by when I am, when I am being told that I should use Om as a Pranava, as a bow, and I place myself as the Atma, as the Sharam or the arrow, and when I am targeting myself to the Brahman by using the word Tadaksharam, Sharam, and when the Shara goes and merges with that, here is a very high level of intellectual meditation. The whole word in this mantra depends upon one, just one word, which is most of us, we do not know how to do it. That word is called Apramattena. The Pramadam or the delusion which we happen is that there are people who are doing the meditation when you sit on a meditation, sajadiya, vijadiya, all the vitti pravaha will be what is that, the different type of thoughts will come. But what happens in the pramada? When you are slipping from your concentration, you are not aware of yourself. We may try our level best to be concentrating on the target of dhyam or the meditative thing. But when does the mind take away from that, 
that for a spur of a you know moment that when does it happen we do not know we have we lose our concentration and the mind will be our already would have gone into many other subjects we are not aware of it because that is the way the mind operates so when he is saying that the the target is brahman the dhanu which is an omkara is also omityeta aksharam brahma and i am atma brahma is the sharam here i am also. all these are all coming from the upanishad mantras only so that the, in the previous mantra we saw that madanus that uh, instruction for meditation is being given that that oneness feeling but at the same time there is apparent three reality the target is brahman the omkara which is also brahman is in the form of a bow and i am the arrow which is going to merge using omkara into the target of brahman but when i am meditating upon that when does the pramada takes over me and i do not know where my mind goes but if we are successful in doing it then what is called tanmayobave that separatedness which we make that i am the arrow and the brahman is that separate that target which i want to go that separatedness will will vanish tanmayobavet this for this the omkara the akara ukara matra and that amatra where there is no sound which also st- stands for our jagrat swapna sushupti and the jagrat swapna sushupti the waker the dreamer and the deep sleep one beyond all the three states is the amatra the sakshi chinmatroham sadashivam only when you use this analysis of the akara ukara makara akara is for the jagrat state ukara is for the sushupta swapnavastha and makara the end is for the nidravastha or the sushupti avastha akara ukara makarasya then out of the uh, beyond that is the silence before the next waking starts again akara so we have these three experiences in our thing which is which is described as om in the mantukya upanishad that upanishad mantra is the mantra which is being referred here so what is the upanishad say here is the okara upanishad is is to go is to go into analysis with the intellect which is sharpened for our personal experience of waking dream and deep sleep and the one which is observing the three states that is the that then that becomes the arrow then atma hi ara you know sharaha that when you look at it in the in that clear mind apramattena where there is no pramada tanmayo bhave that is the time when you know that there is no you separate because that you or i which we all have is only in the jagrat swapna sushupti waker dream and deep sleep 
the one which is observing all the three doesn't have an eye it is only when we identify with my waking my dream and my sleep i have my body association and the body sleeping body dreaming and the body sleeping but if we look at it beyond that as a separate apio vilakshana sakshi different from that without any attribution when you see these three as as experiences in the substratum of awareness that there you become awareness and that awareness do not have the i-ness in it the i is is only or for the three therefore tanmayobhave it becomes one with the with the substratum from where that awareness is existing itself that existence itself is the substratum awareness this is the way in which one has to keep meditating on the om omukti it is pranavopasana a detailed pranavopasana is mentioned in the dvaita pragaranam of the mandukya karika where the om itself is the subject of the uh, upanishad itself now to explain this further yasmin dev vidhi prithivi cha andariksham otam manha saha prana cha sarvaha tam eva ekam janatah atmanam anya vacho vimunchatah amrutasya esha setu to encourage the student what the teacher says is that in this in which that brahman in which the higher planes of dev or the higher world prithivi the earth cha andariksham the space in which is holding the higher realms and the lower realms otam it is that in which it is webbed it that the whole thing is like warf warf and woof or web and woof in that like a cloth you know where the thing but the cloth itself does not have an existence same way the space the world the higher world and the earth world is the field the field of experience which is nothing but in that substratum of the awareness then manahasaha along with the mind and the prana prana sarve tavam tatam eva ekam that single one is what is one you should know atmanama anya vacho it the different name is atma for it vimunchataha and you should give up the names other than that what is not is explained in that other other by other words amrutasya eshah setu this is the only bridge which can take you across to the world of immortality of your real nature as long as you hold on to the immortals like body mind and intellect and the objects of the world outside you will also be immortal you will also be mortal like because you are associating with the mortals so for the amrutasya eshay setu for the bridge through which we can go across the amrutasya param to the to the other side of immortality you can cross it only through this you know by knowing that this is the everything in which the whole 
whole existence itself is existing as web and woof. And in the mantra 6, what he says, Ara iva radhanabhau samhata yatra nadya sayesha andaha sarade bahuda jayamanaha omidi evam dhyayataha atmanam swasti vapparaya tamasaparastad. Now, here he is giving one more example. Now, he told about Brahman, target, Om as Acharan, yourself, ourself as Atma, we should target and Tanmayobhave, merge into that Brahma. Still, the mind of the student can be not very confused, very, very settled in the sense that he will still think that there is a separation between that Brahman and the Atman. I am the Atman, Brahman is something different and I will go and merge with Brahman. All sorts of mental pramadam will happen. So to remove that, he says that like the spokes in a wheel, for a chariot wheel, Radhanabo here is a chariot wheel, like the spokes which is holding the, the rim of the wheel, to the hub in the centers, Samhata, Yatra Nadya, all these senses which is going from the center of the heart to the entire corners of the body is like the web by the spokes and the wheel of the chariot wheel. And they are all connected to the Hridayam. For the, like that, the veins of the body, or you can say all the senses which is there in the, in the body. Esha Andas Charade, in that, he is moving around. Bahuda Jayamana, as he born as multiple ways. As, you know, all the different senses and different spots in the body. <coughs> This is as if born in the many, many places, but he is only one, Sahai Ekaha. And he is the one who is there, all the extra body. So you have a, another mental image of that. I am not just talking about one aspect inside myself as an Atman, which is only in the Angushtamatra Purusha in the heart. No. He is also the one which is moving through all the veins and nerves and the skins and the molecules, all the cells of the body, he is the one which is the life in the cell, in the in this thing. Jayamana, as if born. Omitevan jayataha atmanam susti. Atmanam. That atma which has been told as the arrow in that one, here you should feel that your entire beingness. So when he is talking about the nadi, like the like the spokes and the wheel, is the meditator should feel that that his entirety. It is not that something from his heart merges with the Brahman. No, his entirety existence itself merges with that Om in that in that alone, that Om alone, and. One who knows that and one who can achieve that oneness 
he crosses over all sorts of darkness or ignorance parastar to the other side of light or other side of knowledge the brightness or the effulgent one the brahman everything because you are no more limited by the body because tanmayo bhavet you are one becoming one with that that infinite reality which is there i am unnecessarily limiting myself to this physical body and saying i am mortal i have got birth death decay and all those things with association with the body but even the body the awareness or the that tingling sensation even in the one corner of your body that is awareness where is that there you don't have awareness the entire body you have awareness so you cannot say that that awareness is limited to my body even the awareness which is there it is there outside also andar bahischa which we have seen in the previous upanishad mantras also so all the upanishad what is saying that it is our limitation with the identification the physicality of the body we feel our limitedness and limited human being because of the shape and the form which we are saying but if we are shifting out from that limitation to the awareness or existence of which is the awareness itself which is shining as existence leave the limitation of the body then you will become immortal tamasya param that is the crossing over the of the darkness from the ignorance of you are not knowing your reality you cross over to that immortal being which is our real nature this is what the upanishads want us to meditate upon and with apramattena without pramadam never should we get deviated by the ignorance dragging us to the world of reality thinking that the world of reality is separate from the reality in which it has got reality from the reality of the world is from the rea- rea- the only one real thing the the name and form changes because they are apparent in nature but the reality or the existence and the awareness of objects everything including our own body and the existing of everything else in the world is nothing but that existence and awareness with that i stop today's thing we'll continue in the next friday om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva vashishyate om shanti 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 hariyom sri gurubhyam hariyom dhanyavada नमस्कार थैंक यू ऑल नमस्ते थैंक यू अरविंद जी इट वाज अ वेरी ब्यूटीफुल सेशन जातवेदा जी आर यू देयर आई थिंक ही इज ऑन अ कॉल पैट्रिक वुड यू वांट टू जस्ट ऐड समथिंग टू दिस बिफोर वी आस्क आवर ऑडियंस टू कम अप एंड शेयर मे बी अ लिटिल बिट अबाउट हाउ यू फेल्ट द होल आइडियाज वर टू बी Yeah, am I audible? Yes, Patrick, you are. 
Yeah, beautiful. Thank you, Bindu. My um, translation, or Bindu-ji, is uh, from Swami Rama. And I noticed when I read it uh, earlier this week, the uh, his translation talks about, uh, I wasn't aware of this, but maybe you can tell us about your experiences when you meditated with Om. Did you, you know, was that, did you center Om in the heart? And one of the translations that I read, I've read like three, is that a Shiva temple is constructed like the chambers of the heart. There's four chambers. I don't know if this is true, so you can illuminate this. But that that Shiva, the Linga, is located uh, in that heart where the nectar, I don't know if it's ohm dripping. Uh, you know, this is all symbology, so I don't really know if it's relevant. But I thought it was really interesting that, that the four chambers of the heart uh, are relative to the four chambers of a Shiva temple. And so if you could talk about that and then just that, it, there's not metaphor. Like, I don't think that's a metaphor. That's, that was, that was done, you know, strategically or, you know, they, they had us, you know, an idea in mind, you know, in, in that Vastu. So do you, when you were meditating, uh, younger, when you were younger, did you, did you have Om? Like, do you center Om in the heart? Is that the place there, where we start? Thank you. But did you? Oh, yes, Patrick. Uh, Prasad will be a better person to talk on meditation, as I have been always telling that. For me, the words itself, when I heard from my master, made sense to me that I didn't have to meditate upon that. So I have not never done a meditation on OM or any, any for that matter, on anything. The words themselves were expressive to me that never there was a doubt or any confusion from the meaning that arised out of it when he said that Tadutvamasi and Ahambrahmasmi or the methods in which it is being especially when this when I heard the Brahadaranyam which is the dialogue between Yatnyavalki and Janaka were that analysis of Jagra Sopna Sushupti and then thing when I was listening to that I, I I didn't have to do a meditation. I said sorry. I so that is why when it comes to meditation I I have little experience to share with the meditation part of it. So I would rather recommend an, a, a person who and a teacher who is a very good teacher in meditation part. Prasad should be able to uh, give much more uh, light, light to those who are intent to meditate upon because I have not done so I am not the person to you know give any expert advice on that so I will rather ask Prasad to explain it much because he is an expert and he is teaching ex meditation so we should all listen to him because he can guide us right Prasad your, your words uh, meditation on Om Aurobindji? Yes, on the meditation of the heart. Okay, so I also share a lot of sentiments of Aurobindji because uh, for me also, uh, Advaita has been more of Shravanam, Mananam and Nididhyasanam. Truly speaking, there was not uh, a direct, uh, actual, symbolic meditation for Vedanta. 
and i believe because maybe there's a resemblance to my school of thought and aurobindo school of thought so truly speaking in advaita the word meditation is basically assimilation so there is not specifically a dhyana that you have to do because dhyana becomes upasana whereas in ours uh, in the tradition upasana is only a stepping stone and that is mainly for chitta shuddhi and chitta ekagrata but if we are talking of the advaitic uh, knowledge or understanding then all these words that om becomes or the mind and the arrow becomes they are all symbolisms if i have to say but eventually it has to be internalized as abiding as abidance so my journey of meditation has actually been uh, in the initial stages it has been about uh, sakara upasana that is uh, god with form and uh, the mantra chanting around the god with form and th- uh, truly speaking after that when the mind was ready i did not feel like uh, meditating as such uh, specifically meditating on the ideas of the uh, the upanishads so uh, even uh, from the uh, olden times as well so the idea of fixing the mind on a particular idea external of you is a very uh, uh, yogic a patanjali yogic uh, stream of uh, discipline whereas in the traditional advaita you have to listen to it you have to understand it and you have to fix your understanding on it you have to root your being in it so the rooting of being is basically a total sense of no holding on to any aspects of the mind so that way if one wants to meditate on the om one should identify oneself as om. if one doesn't identify oneself as omkara then one will not be able to do any sort of advaitic meditation it doesn't become advaitic it truly becomes uh, yogic uh, in some sense <clears throat> so the idea being that uh, the meditation process would go as far as all your identities that's one thing you can try all identities of the name of the association you have the one meditation you can do is convert or va- the 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 sounds of the names that you have in your mind which will always be there prasad will be there or i'm a teacher will be there or i'm a father will be there or the sounds that others when they call us all these things uh, are association of uh, the ego all these things can be purified by giving a counter thought which is in yoga called pratipaksha bhavana you give a counter thought and in every aspect let there be the ringing of om 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 if if you feel your name erupts in your subconscious say om if you say mother idea comes up in your mind say om if you say uh, if you see a house uh, and you identify that this is a house which is called maybe nesara or it's called um, divya or something like that you have to again vibrate it with om so this way all identities are to be vibrated home and eventually one's own question of who am i when you do meditate on that uh, most of the people do not know what to call themselves or what to identify them with 
at that time the repetition of the pranava as om 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 helps this uh, is very powerful that you uh, convert all varying thought waves of your mind which are basically branched out in million different ways to a single wave with a single shabda and a single uh, spandana that is vibration when you can do that then that mind becomes so sharp so integrated that it loses all its identity with what it it has held and then it will abide it has to abide you have to ask what is om in the end and then you have to say om is brahma om iti brahma as the taittiriya upanishad says and then the mind understands it clearly that om is the nothingness the all pervade all pervasive existence there is and then the mind abides in the source that mind abiding in the source is what the upanishad here says that the om is the target and the mind is the arrow and you have to uh, with the chanting of that you have to pierce through so pierce through means all the vibrations are consolidated into a single vibration and then that single vibration gains tremendous potential to finally get absorbed in the self so this is the upanishadic way of meditating in the yogic way of meditating you have to imagine everything is a, a concept of imagination and in terms of imagination of atma i never had to do that uh, because uh, for me sakara upan upasana was enough and then it went on to nirakara upasana which is basically identifying myself as atma so there i agree with aurobindji so uh, this way i can probably make a distinction and uh, eventually it's all about uh abiding in advaita advaita is a very simple concept you hear about it remove all doubts through mananam you remove all doubts that you're not it because the mind will always throw you doubts that you're not it using the shruti that is the ideas of the upanishads remove all doubts that you're not it that is mananam once you have removed all doubts that you're not it live as if you are the atma which is a very challenging aspect right you have to live as if you are a dead body you have to live as if you have no mind you have to live as if you have no body this is nididhyasana and these are the three stages which eventually take you to the abidance of yourself as the atma right. thank you arvind prasadji thank you so much as usual it was an amazingly comprehensive answer i wasn't expecting uh, so much but i i think it helped uh, illuminate the is it question that i or, had in mind uh, everybody is able to hear patrick i'm not so sure am i not um, good yeah i am i'm able to hear you patrick all right thank you i was just thanking yeah prasad i was just thanking you for that but i guess i to summarize uh bindu you you read the upanishads and your master led you through the upanishads um this canto is discussing the process you know of of that illumination but you didn't need you didn't you didn't use om in that sense as that tool to to help you to see so what what was it again that that helped you like what you didn't follow the instructions i being i being a beginner i started off as a beginner i had to use om with the sakara aspect of brahma which is what is basically called as ishta upasana so you take the om then you take the name of that entity 
which is uh, symbolic of the supreme being uh, like a brahma with purusha or uh, the deities that represent brahman and then you add namaha in the end so i took it through that way where all the thought waves all the thought vibrations were eventually reduced to that and uh, that itself gives you chitta ekagrata so in uh, the upanishadic period uh, there was no such association or an epithet to om it was simply omkara that used to be chanted but as we have passed on through civilizations it has been found necessary to associate om with the sakara aspect of brahman and that is how my mantra japa went on so uh, specifically as omkara i didn't have to. for me it was uh, the the deity and the identification of oneness with the deity the practice went on that way yeah okay wonderful thank you uh i'll uh I'll let uh, the conversation flow. I guess uh, Shivar Benkat, do you have uh, something that you there you go, Benkat? Welcome. Yeah, yeah Hari Om, uh, Pilloji, Hari Pilloji. This is a great uh, articulation of uh, Omkara Upasana from an understanding perspective. You brought in this uh, Pramada uh, that will come in the way of uh, Omkara Upasana, where you know even after telling Akara Ukara Makara. and the silence that follows the merger of the mind follows where in instead of mind merging into the awareness it will wake up and look for you know something in its own imagination basically pramada happens for various reasons uh, based on the seeker maturity but this has even happened to me when you explained it uh, while the awareness is found i think one other part uh, i was into later is the the kriya yoga where okara uh, okara uh, upasana in a in a different way basically you are asked to focus on the uh, shambhavi mudra between both eyes you are asked to focus on and chant okara arising it from imagining rise from muladhara all the way to adna if you want to move it to sahasra right you have to touch your tongue and the upper you know side of your teeth and uh, direct the same energy into the sahasrara uh, so basically the reason you are told to do so uh, is uh, shift your focus or energies from lower centers to higher centers basically it is a way to prepare you increase your awareness in the higher plane hence when the omkara is you know chanted when the you know silence followed what remains is awareness basically it is achieving what upanishad is telling you know merger into awareness so it is uh, kriya yoga is a technique uh, to shift your awareness since you merge into awareness eventually so it is uh, complementary and uh, why even the chanting of uh, mantra starts with the om because om will eventually you know set that awareness it it is like a reset once a reset is done then you chant you do everything else you know either a mantra that follows from the pure substratum where the mantra rises and it its effect is much bigger larger so i it is the practices and the teaching are complementary 
uh, it is maybe for based on the seeker they can follow the you know paths that can speed up uh, recognition of the awareness uh, hence that onkara prasad ji also very nicely said one of the technique is you know when different thoughts and objects appearing in your meditation bothering you say om hence you bring everything to single vibration eventually that will land you to the same um you know awareness so i think all that will eventually take you to awareness uh, so uh, i think all all the paths are complementary uh, thanks arvindo ji giving a great uh, background to this yeah thanks venkat ji that was nice um shiva do you have something that you wanted to talk about shiva no Anita, welcome. Yeah, uh, Namaste. Uh, namaste, everyone. I uh, I don't have any question. I only came to uh, thank Dindo uh, Ji for uh, for the for today's session, and uh, everything is. I'm still. you know mind blowing and you know it is still i'm caught up in that storm i need to like you said uh, it is not just enough to listen uh, one needs to um, let it sink in meditate upon and uh, uh, fully assimilate it uh, into our uh, mind uh, that is required so i am in that process also bindu uh, ji i have uh, i followed your uh, your uh, uh, the link which you have put and uh, i have begun with the aparoksha anubhuti aparoksha anubhuti series uh, which i hope is uh, which which i am sure is the first level uh, of understanding our scriptures so uh, i just wanted to thank you for everything and thank everybody else for all the inputs thank you thank you thank you ridham yes anita that aprokshan uh, buddhi definitely is a is a starting for the initial clarity of terms and methodology which is shankara himself has put down for in the towards the end he is also bringing the raja yoga wow. meditation in, in that towards that so you will find that beneficial when you are doing that because the upanishads which i am doing here in this are more general in generic in nature where aprokshan buddhi have gone by the vidyaranya's uh, commentary as a guide to do that so it is slightly more explanatory in nature yes thank you thank you nitya ji aryan pranams welcome nitya aryan aryan I just wanted to thank Prasad ji for the use of the correct word abidance because that's exactly what an advaitin does after the initial process of shravana manana nididhyasana we are not into meditation it is abidance in that thank you prasad ji for such a beautiful explanation and being so because many a times people ask us oh you must be meditating i mean say or an advaitin meditation is something um so alien to our way of uh, you know a way of our spiritual endeavor is so different 
Thank you. Nitya, just share, please, with um, how you how you see it. What is the what is the process that uh, that you underwent uh, that you undertook to bring about that realization with us? Well, exactly what uh, Prasad ji said. It was initially um, shravana for me, and there was. Um, because of the emotional quotient in me, I definitely, uh, the passion for discovering the self for the reality did lead me to Sakara Upasana, which is a major uh, part of, uh, I like it, but not anymore. I don't drift into, um, I just don't drift into, uh, do that anymore. But um, Ishta Devata and the mantra, which is esoteric, is given. Uh, but that's it. And for there were hours, but we spend hours in Uttarkashi and all, we spend hours just reflecting on these mantras. It was more manana. And we were not like uh, doing any kind of, that's when we were so young. But it was never like uh, the Raja Yoga kind of Om meditation and all. For that matter, I think um, in the Rig Veda, we do not have the word Om at all, except certain hints. And uh, Om in the Mandukya Upanishads is, is from the Shukla, I think Shukla, which Veda I don't remember. But it is there in the Mandukya Upanishads, the whole thing is an exposition. But only like Prasad Ji so rightly said, it's a symbol. Thank you. Srinivas, Namaste. Hey, hi all, Namaste Arbinduji. Yeah, I think I enjoyed the session very much. I I just wanted to say that I like the part where the distinction is made between the word and its meaning. So, so in fact, I was actually thinking about that, and I think to the Om question also. I think uh, I think we can slightly relate to it, where uh, like either you can meditate on the sound of Om or what it represents. So, I think that will be the slight difference between. Upasana and uh, Nididhyasana, probably. Uh, those are my thoughts. But I really like, like, the Upanishad, as a prelude to that mantra, I think somehow, sorry, I forgot what mantra it was exactly. But it was mentioning something about what is the difference between a word and a meaning, or uh, like we say, pointer versus pointed. So I think keeping uh, that in the background, I think then the Om Shloka, I would like to understand it that way, kind of. Because the first two mantras were talking about Amritam, Abhyam, Aksharam, all those words, no? Which for ordinary mind will be very difficult to know, get a grasp of the meaning of the words. That is why the word and the meaning has to be brought in for which the Upanishad uses the word of Danu or the bow and arrow targeting it. The word initially is not showing any 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 resemblance of anything which is known to us. So those words are all like you know incorrigible words or in ununderstandable or some mysterious words you can call it as. But how does those words generate a meaning to 
the meditator or how see for a for a person who has been uh, into shravanamanana nidhyasana prasad was telling so for such a person it is not difficult for the grasp the meaning of these words but for a person who has not been very familiar with these words so these upanishadic words initially can be create such a confusion for that it the why this meditation aspect is being introduced by the upanishad itself for those who are not you know shravana samakale eva the time you listen the meaning becomes clear to you for such people there is no need of meditation but those who do not get the meaning of it they need to do the you know mananam and shravanam and uh, then when it becomes clearer that itself is a form of meditation but not the meditation like a uh, what you call uh, omkara upasana or a uh, murti upasana or a mantra upasana those are all were it is different from the the sound which you are using is different from but only in the case of omkara the name the sound uh, the name of omkara itself is representative of brahman that's what i said no omityaksharam brahma is the mandukya sanjay omityapam brahma iti that is in the taitri upanishad or adihi bhagavo brahmeti in the taitri upanishad they say that teach me what is brahma so the teacher says ito va imani bhutani jayante yeta jatani jivan diyat pravyatya bisham vishanti tadeva brahmatvam so all those things is what from which everything comes up into which everything in which everything remains into which everything goes back that is brahm now if you translate that into our practical thing from nothing it is not from nothingness something comes up it can never come nasate vidyato bhava so something is there which we do not know then there is the appearance of name and form the name and appearance of form is there in something and into which the name and form disappears that is what is to be understood as what is brahma is what the taitri upanishad says so from that point of view if you look at it existence without name and form was sat in the form of asat sat in the form of asat is the initial stage then comes sat in the form of name and form so asadeva saumya idamagra asid also is true sadeva saumya idamagra asid both are correct from that point of view then the objects without becoming taking the name and form in the form of without taking the form and name is is available formless and in the formless substratum but takes as existence then when existence comes it takes into shape of name and form so imani jayante that birth takes place or the form takes place in in that it remains so it cannot leave from the substratum even when it is taking the same name and form like the waves the f- name and form of the wave appeared but it can never be out of the sea 
even while the name of name and form of the wave appears it has to have the connection with the sea for its own existence and into which it goes back this name and form which we see in the world where does it go back into that from where it came back only it can go back so that which is formless shapeless immortal non decaying all those words which we use no aksharam avyayam amritam all those words now make sense when we take this as so from that point of view we have to start see now if these words doesn't make sense then you think about om as a one akshara ekaksharam brahma because any other name like namashivaya or narayanaaya or any other name which you take it there are multiple alphabets multiple uh, you know varnas and they think so that the activity the mind can go into multiple ways namaha means to to prostrate so he can think always he is physical being he can do the prostrations but in the case of om there is no such activity involved it what does it stand for the world can take it in the two different ways one is that it is a representational name which with which brahma is called brahman is called is om the another another if i don't want to call brahman then i call it as om that's the way in which you want to can understand or else you can go into your three states of experiences of jagrat swapna sushupti which is the mandukya way of doing if you don't want that also then there is another way which is non typical upanishadic but which i use in my explanation is that akara ukara makara is the tot- sum total of anything which has got name because a name has to have any one anything that name will fall within the akara ukara and makara i is the first syllable and makara or the ma is the one with which you close your mouth so from opening your mouth to your closing mouth in any any name will come so all objects which has got a name and even what you say nameless is with namelessness also is within that words only so all words can convey so aksharam becomes that what without word without the one without which is having no syllables is also none with a which doesn't have a dk so from that point also you can take om as a aksharam or without dk and meditate upon that but if you if it makes sense for you the words like avayam aksharam uh, you know amritam all those things are making sense for you then you don't need to do the meditation you can just do the shravana manana nidhyasana and abide in it गुड इवनिंग अरविंद जी नमस्कार नमस्कार गणेश जी आई हैव अ क्वेश्चन आई हैड हर्ड दैट देर आर फाइव स्टेप्स फॉर द रीचिंग ऑफ समाधि इट इज सेट दैट जन्म औषध मंत्र तपस् समाधि दीज आर द फाइव स्टेजेस 
in which they explain uh, mantra is supposed to be the third stage where all shlokas, mantras, all things supposed to be the greatest mantra, Gayatri, would end up in Omkaram, that is the state of tapas. And even that sound also merges into silence, uh, there it is the state of samadhi. So this I have heard. Does it mean to say, can we, uh, the practice part of it, can we directly begin Omkaram or Omkaropasana? Uh, will it suffice all the other needs or the experiences that we would get through the studies or by listening to uh, the same Shastras, Shravana, Manuna, will all those things uh, be uh, supplied to that state of mind in Omkara? I mean to say, is Omkara Upasana itself is sufficient to reach that state of mind? This was my question. The answer will be very simple. Ekam sat vipraha bahudavadanti. There is only one truth. The learned tell it in many ways. That means they give the advice in many ways depending upon the quality or the qualification of the student or the listener who is interested to know more of it. So from that point of view, all the five stages what you mentioned has got a relevance depending upon the stage at which the listener or the student is currently standing with. So from that point of view, one cannot say the earlier stages are redundant or unnecessary. Because unless we have studied kindergarten or the alphabets, we cannot be reading words. So that is mandatory. Yes. So, Pranavaupasana is possible for people who have a higher capacity to concentrate on the Pranava itself. And what does it Pranava stand for? That should be known to them or they should be able to concentrate on that. That is where the usage of Pranava is, should be used for merging that separatedness of our individuality with the wholeness of the Brahman. So, Ayamatma Brahma becomes an experience to such practitioners of Omkara Upasana because there the Atma, Ayamatma, this Atma becomes the Sharam, becomes the arrow and it merges with the Om. So, when Ayamatma Brahma is the experience of such a, such a practitioner, Omkara Upasana is the method in which it has to be done. Otherwise, there are other things which is uh, Nama Upasana, you know, Ishtadevata Upasana. In fact, if you look at into the, you know, example of uh, what Vidyaranya Muni has explained on the Gayatri Mantra, the last mantra says, Yadasti Yadbhadi Tadatma Rupam Na Anyato Bhadi Na Chadasti. Sobhava Samprapti 
பிரதிபாதி கேவலம் ராகியம் கிரகேதி மிருஷைவ கல்பனா சோ வாட் டஸ் இட் சே எத் அஸ்தி எத் பாதி தத ஆத்மரூபம் வாட் இஸ் எக்ஸிஸ்டிங் அண்ட் வாட் இஸ் எக்ஸ்பிரஸிங் த எக்ஸிஸ்டன்ஸ் தத் பாதி தத் ஆத்மரூபம் தட் இஸ் ஆத்மரூபம் தட் இஸ் த நேச்சர் ஆஃப் ஆத்ம ந அந்யோதோ அஸ்தி பாதி சந்யதஸ்தி there is nothing which other than that which can exhibit existence and real existence you know say for example you can say the two lamps can give light that is because of the upadhi of the two lamp you call it as two lamps are there but if you look at light as a entity both are exhibiting what light only so the light can be from one lamp and right now two lamps from that thing but if you saw that what is the one which is giving illumination it is only light which is giving illumination same way yadasti yad badi the existence and the exhibiting or the expression of existence badi is only from atma roopam and that is there for everything atma means so it is the swarupam of the nature of oneself and that nature of oneself is in everything from the anoraniyan mahatomahiyan swabhava samvipradi bhati kevalam swabhava samvipradi bhati from the swarupa if there is something which is showing other than its swarupa kevalam grahyam grahyeti appearing to be there like a swarupa of a rope showing it as a snake is separate separate from the swarupa of swarupa of the rope so if that is being shown grahyam grahyeti kevalam murusha eva kalpana it is a kalpana and therefore it is murusha eva therefore it is only it is it's only an appearance so there is only one thing which can exhibit astibadi priyam roopam and that is atma swarupam and that atma swarupam is not mine alone your alone or anybody else anoraniyan mahatomahiyan from the atom to the cosmos what can be thought about all are showing the same astibadi priyam roopam therefore there is nothing other than that na anyado asti there is nothing other than that this is what vidyarnya munis is giving the last last shloka of the explanation for gayatri mantra because in the gayatri mantra there is the word purbhuswa tat savidurvaranyam vargo devasya dhimahi diyo yona prachotayad the word prachotayat that word is when he is explaining he is using this verse so if you if you want you have to look up to that explain total explanation for the sartha gayatri mantra by vidyarnyamuni you will find it thank you thank you arigatoji thank you if there are no more questions i think we can find up this room raj what do you think pratik 
yeah uh, yes mr i think we can do that and uh, i would request uh, ganesh if he could uh, chant uh, mantras at the closing of the room shanti shanti mantras or something similar ganesh ji thank you uh, I, i have a question uh, yeah yeah please shiva ji yeah you were you were uh, in the previous class you were telling about the uh, uh, pra, what you called uh, pranayam or that kind of meditation and there is other way of meditation can you brief me on that and another is a question or is a is a, is a point that i i am looking at in introspection is that it is that one which is only the source to all the senses but uh, even after knowing that it is only the source to all the senses it is the same which is which is playing its own game then then why does the mind is also the mind source is also that and even the intellectual source is also that and why does the mind try to mingle up towards still understanding things why plays the trick of understanding that is the nature of the nature of the that is the nature of the mind due to ignorance in it 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 doesn't understand the where the source for the mind to come actually my if you look at it mind mind doesn't have an independent existence it is a continuous flow of thoughts and thoughts not nothing but awareness in motion so why you can say mind is nothing but awareness in motion but not in its pure pure, pure form because it is always at, as adjectives or you know add ons to the objects or the topics in which it is there nobody knows that that thought itself is awareness or that is the mind itself without the objects is the pure awareness but the mind is always with the object because that is the nature then we call it as mind so we should know that the mind when it is not aware of its own source or its own energy or its own nature or we as human beings we are mind in operation when we do not know our own nature we think that we are the body or we are the limited by the conditions under which the mind is telling us so this is where the kenopanishad mantra comes into play that pratibodha viditam madam amrutattvam hivindadi so the person the, you have to train your mind that every thought or every expression of you know awareness of the mind what it is expressing is nothing but the expression of awareness with objects intermingled it so adi shankara in the um, the beginning of the brahma sutra bhashya he talks about the what is called the adhyasa bhashya adhyasa means superimposition the nature of awareness of the self gets mingled with mithunikaranam the word used by mingled with the adjectives of the object which is also awareness in nature but the mind thinks it as having independent existence it is as the qualities of objects but the qualities of objects are also awareness or existence in nature but the mind thinks that it is separate therefore that mixing up of with the mind in ignorance 
is the creation of the world with naisargi goyam loka vyavaharah that is how he calls it so it becomes a natural process for the mind to be in the state of ignorance because mind is not trained to think about the purity of the mind itself when the mind can think about its own purity then that is the state of when we are abiding in the reality we don't need anything any any meditation at that time so this is this is where the meditation of the mind can be used for the removal of the ignorance and the removal of ignorance can happen only in the mind because nowhere else the ignorance is there neither in the world of objects outside nor in our reality nor our our own truths in the nature of our own nature only in the mind is that this ignorance is there so it has to be removed in the mind only that is why the meditation has to happen in the mind for removing the ignorance but those who have capability of with intellectual uh, analysis shravana manana nidhyasana meditation is not required there for them that process of shravana manana nidhyasana itself becomes it. after all what is meditation meditation is another form of thoughts only but ekavritti pyana it's only single pointed thought again and again is what is called a meditation but in the case of shravana manana nidhyasana what thing it is it is the thought process of the nature of awareness what is being done by the mind and getting abiding by the reality of it so from that point of view the methodology for the upasana for the thoughts to be controlled if you are not able to control your thoughts is what is called the normal meditation but when it comes to advaitic point of view it is more of a thought related to concentrate and analyze our experiences there in the other meditation you are not analyzing your experience you are creating an experience of oneness here the multiple multiple experiences are resolved into oneness of the awareness that is the difference between the two about the pranayam and other ways of meditation you mentioned it in the previous class so if you can brief me on that that would be yeah pranayama is again prana and mind are connected where you might have noticed when your mind is agitated your breath will come shorter or you will start you know snapping and getting you there is a link between the mind getting agitated and the prana so prana has a reverse effect also if you can calm your breath your mind also will become calmer but that is for calming the mind from the point of view of less agitated mind but that doesn't end there that is only a beginning when the less agitated mind that that is what we call it as chitta shuddhi or the purity of the mind happens in that then these two processes which i have been talking about to come to the oneness has to be the second stage after pranayama when the pranayama you calm your mind and then you start doing the meditation you said that through prana the pranayama is another set of activities when activity but there are other forms of meditative if you can if you can uh, recollect it in the previous class 
I'm a little confused on that. No, see, the thing is that the meditations can be many ways from the Ishtadevata Upasana or the and an, an idol or a a thing where you can you know fix your mind is one way. Then fixing your mind through controlling your breath is another way. And then is the Omkara Upasana where the mind is chanting Om again and again in that sound in the sound of the the chanting the mind is fixated upon. But all these are all physical mind controls. But the real mind control comes when the mind is taken, treated as a thought in motion, our awareness in motion, and then directing it towards the oneness. So these are the different methodologies in which your pranayama, our mind can come. Thank you, Anandaji. Okay, so thank you, Binduji, and thank you, everyone, for joining. Um, we're going to open up another room. And Ganesh will chant. Ganesh, you I uh, I don't know which is the Shantanantra. Badram Karne Bishwanayama Yaginiti, okay, Binduji? Yeah, Sastik Prajabhya Parivalayantam or Badram Karne or Sahana Avatu. Thank you. I don't know when the other it is.